Welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. And as always, I am so glad that you're listening in today. Today, we are looking at how to write for chicken soup for the soul. I know a lot of you have been wondering, how do I do that? Well, you're going to get some answers today. Today, my industry expert is Tracy Crump. Let me tell you a little bit about Tracy. Tracy dispenses hope in her 30-day devotional, Health, Healing, and Wholeness. She's best known for contributing 22 stories to Chicken Soup for the Soul. She has published numerous devotions and articles in diverse publications. Tracy conducts writing workshops. She offers freelance editing, proofreads for Farmer's Almanac, and she loves on her four grand darlings. Oh, Tracy, you know I love that word. I love that phrase, <laughs> grand darling. Oh, I am so glad that you are here with us today. Thank you so much, Linda. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it is my pleasure to have you on. And Tracy, what I love to do with our first-time guests on Your Best Writing Life is I like for us to take just a moment to kind of peek behind the curtain of your life just a little bit. And so could you share something with us that maybe we would not find if we were reading your bio? Oh, goodness. Um, well, uh, when I was a little girl, I rode an elephant. I don't think many people can say that. <laughs> and uh, nowadays they don't even let them be in the circus, but I got to ride an elephant. So that was an experience I don't think many people have had and probably not many people know about me. Oh, well, that is good. I find that so mm -hmm. fascinating. And what? they're wide. <laughs> they are so <laughs> wide to sit on. It's not like riding a horse. <laughs> it is not. It's one of those where you're like, you know, you can't grip these with your thighs. It's not working for you. But, <laughs> no. but what a great experience. I love that. <laughs> well, why don't we go ahead and head into our content for today. We're looking at how to write for chicken soup for the soul. So I'm going to start with the, the question of how did you begin that journey? Because 22 stories, that's a lot. So how did you begin your journey writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul? Well, Linda, it was probably about 15, 16 years ago. I had published a couple of articles in magazines when I joined a writer's group headed up by a lady named Mary Lane Wade Coke. And Mary Lane was a nurse, and she knew that I had worked as a nurse years before. And one day she sent me an email and she said, Chicken Soup for the Soul is looking for stories for the Nurse's Soul book. She said, why don't you try submitting something? And I thought, I, well, first of all, it was so long ago. And I said, I thought, yeah, they're never going to accept anything by me. I'm just a newbie, you know. So I just let the deadline pass. So a few days later, Mary Lane emailed again and she said, they've extended the deadline for the Nurse's Soul book. Why don't you try submitting something? So I thought, thought, and finally I thought of one story, and then I thought of another, and I eventually submitted five stories to that book. They held three for consideration, and they chose two to publish. So when I do workshops now on writing for Chicken Soup to the Soul, I say, if I can do it, you can do it. They're a great market because they accept stories from anybody. You don't have to have any certain uh, qualifications. You really don't. You don't have to have been published before. You just have to have a good story. And, you know, I also like to 
quote a film producer when I do my workshops, but it was Peter Goubert, and he goes all over the country talking about story. And he said, I've come to see that stories are far more than entertainment. They're the most effective form of human communication, more powerful than any other way of packaging information. And that's what Chicken Soup tapped into almost 30 years ago. They've been around since 1993. Their first book came out then, and they've been around for that long. Wow, that's fabulous. And I believe that everyone, unless you're under a rock someplace, you have heard of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I know we had talked, Tracy, that that's the name of their series, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and that they do have other breakaway topics that, like you said, like for the nurses. And so there's a lot of those available for us to purchase, for us to gift with. I love considering them as gift books. And there's so many different stories that at least one or two or five or 10 are going to be relatable to you. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes them as a compilation book so valuable because Mm -hmm. someone's story is going to connect with us in ways that probably we never even imagined that that would happen. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this. So when we look at writing for Chicken Soup, what are some of the things that you would consider important for us to remember? Well, I really think the most important thing to remember in writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul is that they are all about story. So it's when you go to writing, it's not an article, it's not an essay, it's not a devotional, it's a story. Um, Amy Newmark, the the uh, owner of Chicken Soup for the Soul, she said, I, I want you to tell the story like you're sitting down across from your best friend and telling her the story that you have in mind, what happened to you. And so that's that's what they're all about is story. And they're true stories, true inspirational stories. So it's your personal experience. It has to be told in first person. They want to know that you experienced this. It's not something you heard your aunt's, you know, kids, neighbor, this happened to them. They want to know that it's something that happened to you. So I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind when you're writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul. And when we do write and we're writing our personal stories, that gives us such an opportunity to connect with the reader, especially writing first person, where we can really invite them into our journey. That's why it's so powerful. And that's how things have been transferred down from generation to generation is through story. And of course, we know who the master storyteller of all time was, was Jesus. He told stories to his listeners, and he made them about things that they understood, things that were going on in their everyday life, things that they would recognize and relate to. So that's what the, that's why it is so powerful. And uh, that's what we, we tap into when we tell a chicken soup for the soul story. So are there some, maybe some do's and don'ts about writing for chicken soup for the soul that you'd like to share with us? And sure. And, you know, however many you want to give us. Well, we do four and a half hour workshops, so I don't think we'll get to everyone, but, <laughs> but um, the first one, First of all, I want to say that you can go to chickensoup.com and you can find guidelines on their website. They're right there. And I don't care what publication you're writing for. I always recommend that you read the guidelines. It's surprising how many people don't. And they're Mm. right there. They're telling you what they're looking for. So that is your first clue. And if you will just follow the guidelines, then you are already up in front of the others, of many others. 
let me tell you this now chicken soup of the soul this is a little disheartening but but we're going to get past this they receive an average of 3,000 submissions per book now they only put 101 stories in each book so wow. you know you've got a lot of competition some some books they even receive 5,000 or more stories but once again, if you will just follow the guidelines, you are you can be one of the front runners right there. So that's the first thing I tell people is, is look at their guidelines. But there are a few other things, too, that I've kind of learned along the way. One is that you want to narrow the focus of your story. Okay. We call it a snapshot story. And by that, we mean a close up, not a panoramic. It's not your life story. It's not even a memoir. Although I do like to use a quote in my workshops about memoir writing. It's by William Zinser. If you recognize his name, he wrote a book called On Writing Well, which is kind mm. of the classic on writing. But he also wrote a small publication called How to Write a Memoir. And in that, he said, people don't want the whole iceberg. They can't process it. They just want the tip. Memoir narrows the lens and focuses on one period in the writer's life that was unusually intense or colorful are influential. To me, that's a chicken soup story in a nutshell. Unusually intense or colorful or influential. But of course, for chicken soup, we have to narrow the focus even more, sometimes to just one event. As William Zinser said, think small. So that's one thing you can keep in mind when you're writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Don't try to write too much of a story. It's 1,200 words or less. Okay. And I often say less is better because when we write tighter, it's a better, sharper story, more focused. And I, a lot of times my stories aren't more than seven, eight, maybe 900 words. You can go up to 1,200, but don't go over 1,200. That's their limit. So we want to narrow the story, be off, uh, narrow the focus, but we also want to stick to the theme of the book. And as you mentioned, they have a lot of themes. A lot of each book has its own theme. Some of the themes are repeated, like the, every year or two, they'll have a dog's book, and they have one in the process right now, a cat book, and usually a Christmas book. But even those will have a little bit of a different slant. So it's always good to read the story call out, and they will have those call outs online. And plus, if, I'll just mention this right now. If people sign up for my newsletter, we send story call outs as we get them. Oh, but nice. Read those story call outs and make sure that you are um, sticking to their theme. Um, I re-read and reread those every time. As long as I have written for them, I make sure that I read and reread that story call out to make sure I'm sticking closely to what they're looking for. If you don't write what they're looking for, you're not going to be published. And we're talking about chicken soup, so we got to talk about stories. So I always like to tell stories. And one time I had a friend who uh, emailed me, or no, she called me one night, and she said she was writing a story for chicken soup for the mom's soul, for new mothers, mm -hmm. the new mother's soul. And so she said, she knew I'd published a couple of stories with them at the time. And she said, would you mind looking over my story and see if you see anything I need to change that I could do better? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And she said, oh, by the way, the deadline's at midnight tonight. This was about seven o'clock. I said, oh, <laughs> okay. So I did not have time to be diplomatic. And I slashed and burned about the first third of her story. There was nothing wrong with it as far as the writing went, but it did not stick to the theme of the book. She told about how she had met her second husband and they had courted and da, da, da. It had nothing to do with it. So I told her, you know, if you would cut this, I think it would be much more focused on their theme. To her credit, 
she did. She rewrote the beginning and she got it submitted in time. And that story was accepted. Then about a year later, she took what she had cut and rewrote that for Chicken Soup for the Soul love stories. And that story was accepted. So that just goes to show how important it is to stick to the theme of the book. I was going to say, you know, it was like you were a very quick developmental editor for that particular book because you went, okay, no, excess, don't need this. And we really do need to have someone else take a look at our writing. Would you would you touch on that for just a moment? I know this isn't a, a talk on editing, but doing something, especially when you're writing less, I think mm-hmm. it's very important that others are looking at the content of what you're submitting. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, we get too close to our stories. And a lot of times we can't see things that other people can see. That's why I've been a member of critique group. I lead a critique group, an online group, have for years. That's invaluable. Um, just having somebody else read your story, but especially somebody who is familiar with writing and can help you to tighten it or to refocus it or to slant it a little bit. Um, all those things are important. They're really, really important. Uh, and, you know, you want to you want to submit your best writing. Anytime you submit something, you want it to be your best writing. OK, it might not be the best that you will do two years from now, but it's the best you can do now. Um, But to do that, it always helps to have somebody else look at it and to give you some pointers. And to do that, we have to kind of develop thick skin. I do. I do a talk, too, on on critique groups. And we have to kind of, you know, develop that thick skin so that we're not too, too um, sensitive to what people have to offer, because we can learn a lot from other people. You're absolutely right. And if we are sensitive, then we wait for that. Chicken soup for the sensitive soul. And then we can write a story about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I know I kind of diverted you there for a moment. Uh, what other do's or don'ts uh, do you have in there for us? Well, I always say, too, even though it's nonfiction, that you need to employ fiction techniques. Even in your nonfiction writing, that's important. It brings the story to life. One of their guidelines, in fact, says these stories are personal and often filled with emotion and drama. They're filled with vivid images created by using the five senses. Well, those are fiction techniques that we, if if anybody writes fiction, that's what they're using. And so it's, it's, you want to help them picture your story. Um, So it's all the the ones that you've probably heard of, show, don't tell, okay? Now you don't have a whole lot of room. You don't have a 65,000 word novel to write that you can do this a lot. But you want to kind of keep that in mind. It's just 1,200 words, but you can do that instead of just telling. Substitute strong nouns and verbs for adjectives and adverbs. Avoid cliches. I'm, I'm the queen of cliches. <laughs> I love cliches, but, but they're not the best way to put things. If you can come up with something original, that's always you know more eye-catching. Don't use purple prose. I don't know if, if everybody's familiar with that, but that's where we, we get a little bit too flowery, you know, just a little bit too up there. Uh, and that's not what Chicken Soup is always looking for. In fact, I was privileged to be able to interview Amy Newmark, the owner of Chicken Soup is Soul one time, and did two, two articles from it for my website, uh, for my uh, newsletter. And also I was in a uh, workshop where she was speaking about writing for Chicken Soup is Soul. And she said, and I don't think, this is necessarily, I don't know, this may be on the website, but she said they they take more of a journalistic approach 
to okay. to it than 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 like a fiction book would. It's more like a narrative nonfiction. So they don't want you to get real literary and real fancy with your techniques. They just want you to tell the story. That's the most important thing. So use those fiction techniques to bring that story to life. Very, very good. Another thing I usually say, too, is to nail the takeaway. Uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul stories need to have a takeaway. If it doesn't make a point, I say it's not a Chicken Soup for the Soul story. You know, it can be funny. It can be sad, whatever. But if it doesn't make a point, it's really not a Chicken Soup for the Soul story. They want their readers to learn something from our stories. If you know what takeaway is, um, it's what the reader takes away with him or her that changes her outlook on life or gives him a new perspective or maybe increases his faith. So that's what they're looking for. They used to have, before they reworked their website a few years ago, they used to have in their guidelines that they wanted their stories to end in a result, such as a lesson learned or a positive change or a payoff. And I mm. thought that was a really good way to put it. Um, that's if you can, can incorporate that without it being, and the moral is, you know, it's not an Aesop's fable. So you don't want to say, and the moral is, right. and you don't want to be too in their face. This is what you need to learn from this. You just need to make it clear that this is what you learned from it. And so that's something then hopefully that they will learn from it. Because you know what you're doing, what you're doing there is you're not pointing your finger at you need to do this. It's, mm -hmm. and this is what changed for me. And this is how I walked away. And this is the impact it had on my life or my family's life. Or again, it's that invitational close, almost like saying, if this works for me, mm -hmm. it can for you type of exactly. thing. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I exactly. get that. I know one time I was doing a workshop and um, we were talking about different stories, different people's stories. And one lady said she wanted to write a story about her brother who had died. Mm. And so I, I kind of waited, you know, and to see what the rest of the story was. And, and there wasn't anything else. Her brother had died and she was sad. And that was it. And I said, well, you know, everybody can relate to that. I'm sure most everybody has lost someone they love and they could relate to that. But I said, it really needs to, to be more. I said, you know what? You know, what did you what did you learn from your brother's death or how did that affect you? Or um, besides being, you know, just being sad, I, you know, and I said, you know, or or did he experience something near the end that, that really made a difference to him? You know, it, it's that kind of thing that that uh, makes a chicken soup for the soul story. It has to have some kind of a takeaway. It does. You know, I find that with just about everything we can entertain or we can edutain. And educational entertainment is a beautiful blend of sharing that type of takeaway that, oh, people can have an aha and not realize that that's where it was going to wind up. So I really do like that. Yeah. Right. I learn better from story than any, any other means. I really do. And I think most people do. So yeah. that's why these are so popular. They really are. They are. And there's some things, too, that we need to remember not to do. I think we can okay. learn as much from what a publication doesn't want as what they do want. Uh, and I, there are several I could, go, I could mention, but I, the biggest one to me is where they say they don't want testimony. And to me, this is the biggest stumbling block, especially for our Christian writers. Okay. Um, first thing we need to remember is that Chicken Soup with Soul is not a Christian ser series. A lot of people think it is, I guess, because it mentions soul. 
they right. think it is, but it's not. It's a general market series. But the great thing about Chicken Soup for the Soul is that they allow us to uh, mention our faith as long as it's integral to the story. Mm. So this is a great opportunity for writers, for Christian writers, but it's a fine line and we have to be very careful because they are not a Christian series. That's why I think so many of us struggle with this. Um, and I think the main reason we do is because we don't realize that testimony is not just about our salvation experience. As one writer said, testimonial touts the greatness or positive attributes of someone or something, as well as reasons why it's so great. And of course, mm. in this case, you know, we might be talking about God. And as Christians, we want to tell about what God has done for us and why he did it. And I right. think that's where we cross the line into testimony. We have to remember that chicken soup is all about story. And so we need to let God's actions drive the story. Let God speak through the circumstances. Right. You know, we just we just need to tell the story. You know, I mentioned that I think Jesus is the master storyteller and he told all kinds of stories. And when he did, though, he didn't say God did this and God did that, did he? If you look back through his parables, he doesn't say that. He just he tells he'll say, OK, there was a young son who demanded his inheritance and he ran off and spent it on riotous living. And then when he he hit rock bottom, he wanted to come back, but he wasn't sure how he would be accepted. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, his father saw him and he accepted him. And we know we know that the father represents God. But Jesus didn't say that, did he? He didn't mm -hmm. he didn't have to. And so that's the kind of thing that we can do in our story. We don't have to be a Bible thumper, <laughs> I hate to say that, or beat them over the head with it. We can just tell the story and tell what happened to us. So that's that's the kind of thing we need to keep in mind when we do this. Another example is, and this is totally different, it's not Chicken Soup with Soul, but I edited a, a full-length book. It was a nonfiction book uh, for a young woman. She was a lawyer who had been kidnapped by a client. and. Um, she he he planned to take her to a remote location where he planned to rape and kill her. And God supernaturally intervened and rescued her. I mean, there was no question that it was a supernatural occurrence. But she said in there, she when she we were editing, we were talking back and forth, she said, Maybe I need to say, you know, God put I said, No. I said, just tell what happened. I said, let your readers decide. There's no question. There's no way they can think this was not supernatural. I said, let the readers decide. I said, you don't have to say it. And that is the best way, I think, to reach people is just to let the circumstances speak for God. Let God speak for himself through those circumstances. Mm. So that's one, to me, one of the biggest no-nos <laughs> in writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul is not to make it a testimony. It's not a devotion. It's not a testimony. And you don't have to write any kind of a you know, a Christian story. It doesn't have to be. And even if you want it to be along those Christian lines, you can use Christian attributes like love, mercy, justice, you know, faith. You don't have to specifically say this is this is about Jesus. This is about God. But you can use those attributes in your story and you can still reach people. Yeah. Very, very good. OK, do you have a favorite story that you submitted to Chicken Soup? Well, uh, I, you know, I guess your your first babies are always your, your first love are, is always that. So those, I submitted two, or I had two stories published in that Nurses Soul book, 
And actually, both of those I used in, in my devotional book uh, as devotions because the first one was they were very powerful about a little baby who had been hit by a car. Hmm. And the doctors had said, she'll never walk or talk again if she even survives. They said half of her brain is just oatmeal. She'd landed on her head. And uh, before she left the hospital, she was she walked to her mama and she said, Wawa and mama. So, wow. you know. Wow. Doctors are wonderful. They do a lot for us, but they don't know everything. <laughs> they they get wow. and they're just often as surprised and pleased as we are when they're wrong about something like that. Oh, that's and uh, so yeah, so um, that's a that's a that's a, a story dear to my heart, <laughs> right there. Oh, so. that makes me just want to go out there and read it all. And I think what a great <laughs> what a great story to have for nurses. Mm -hmm. Because that's an encouragement for them, because mm -hmm. you're not always in a position where everything ends happily ever after. No, and but never, so never bring, give up. Never give up. Right. Never give up. Mm -hmm. All right. So mm -hmm. you did talk a little bit about how to submit your stories to Chicken Soup for the Soul, be able to go out to the website. We do have all of those links there, everyone. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us as we're wrapping up our time here? Well, as far as submitting, uh, sometimes it's a little bit tricky to see because it's under books at the top. There are tabs at the top. It's under books and says submit your story. Um, but if you go, even if you're not ready to submit, I always want, I tell everybody, I want you to go to that page because that's where you'll find the story call outs. The stories that they're, they're accepting stories for or the books rather that they're accepting stories for. That's where you'll also find the guidelines. And then that's where you'll find the web form where you can actually submit your story to one of their books. So I always tell people I want to encourage them to go to that particular page a lot because we don't even get call outs for every single book that they do. They have 10 in the works right now. Wow. Uh, and so, you're, like you said, there's a, a quite a variety. And so there's something that you should be able to write a story for. When, when you are submitting online, and this may be something, the electronic submission, it's becoming very, very popular today. Do you write your story in Word? And I do. How do you, how do you set it up in Word, and then you just copy and paste? You do. Yes. Um, I normally, you know, double space. That's what we usually do when we submit to to a, a publisher. Uh, but when you copy, and this throws a lot of people, when you copy and paste it into the little box there that they ask you where they ask you to put it, um, a lot of times uh, it will go to single space, and people say, oh, "Do I need to go through? Did it mess up?" No, that's that's the way that's the way their program works. That's it'll come out right on their end. I always say, and sometimes it you'll lose even your paragraph indents. People kind of get thrown by that sometimes, but don't worry about it. Copy and paste into it, and there's the whole web form there that you fill out. Uh, be sure to put your. They will let you use. This is something that people don't know. A lot of times they will let you use a pseudonym if you want to. Um, you'll still put your, your correct information in the in the the first area there where they ask for your contact information, but then they'll give you an opportunity put, to put the author's name, and there you can use a, a pseudonym if you want to. So right. there are a lot of you know a lot of ways you can submit to Chicken Soup. So I mean, there's the only one way is through their their online form, but they they offer you some options there. Oh, this is great! You have given us such wonderful information. And I know that you had said that you let people know through your newsletter when some of the call outs are out there. So I do highly recommend that y'all go ahead and sign up. Uh, we'll have the links, of course, in the show notes. They're down there ready for you. And we have a fun giveaway 
also. Um, tell us a little bit about that, Tracy. Well, it's not very long, but it's a, a little bit more than what we've talked about here. It was five uh, tips that I learned from Amy Newmark um, when, when I was able to uh, either interview her or be in that workshop with her. So there are a few little secrets there about writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Very good. And we do have uh, some other links that are down there as well. I know your latest book, Health, Healing, and Wholeness, Devotions of Hope in the Midst of Illness, is available and we'll have links to your website as well. And I know that you have a course available on Serious Writer. I'll have the link there as well. And it's, is it a little bit more extensive than, than what we have discussed today? But it's one of their top selling courses, right? Right. Yes, that's right. And also we do do workshops. Um, we travel within about five to five and a half hours of the Memphis area. So if somebody wanted to set up a workshop course right now, <laughs> it's not a good time, but we love doing that. We do four and a half hour workshops and people just, they have the best time. One lady said, I didn't even know how you would feel this time. And she said, it, I can't believe it's gone by. It's gone by so fast. And she said, I had a blast. And so oh, we actually good. get started on some actual stories that they can, can uh, submit. So oh, we love to do good. that. Well, I would say make it virtual. And you'll be able to expand way beyond your area that's there. So I'm going to actually be praying about that for you because, you know, there's a lot of a lot that we can do today. I have one question that I love asking our industry experts. Tracy Crump, what brings you joy? Oh, oh well, I guess I would have to say it was it's those grand darlings we talked about. I, we've got four of them. And here's something not everybody knows. We have another one coming in March. So we have we have two boys and two girls. And so, of course, we had to have a tiebreaker. <laughs> and we will have another one. They are so wonderful. Uh, uh, the, the last one was premature. Actually, the last two, they were born within about three months of each other, were, were preemies. Um, but the, the last one had a little bit of trouble. He was in NICU for two weeks. And we prayed over that baby, and you would not know he was a preemie now. He, they call him their chunky monkey, <laughs> and he is so full of life. And he's, he's grandma's boy right now. I hope that lasts, but he is grandma's boy. <laughs> oh, that is so good. And mm -hmm. I tell you, you know, you, you write about relationships, chicken soup for the soul. It's, it's our relational habits. It's our relational engagement. And what a blessing to know that your joy is brought to you by the relationships that you have with those that the Lord has placed in your, in your hand. And I tell, I tell grandparents all the time, just like I do with, with parents, of course, God chose you for that child. God chose mm -hmm. you for that grand darling mm -hmm. and how wonderful the stories will be that you create together. I call them memories worth making. And I look forward to seeing how all of those turn out for you too. And what a joy, what a joy. I can just see you're going to be having a lot more submissions going to Chicken Soup for the Soul just based on the all the stories that you're going to have with your grand darlings. So right. just We need wonderful. more grandparents books, don't we? <laughs> we do, we do, we do. 
Well, Tracy, thank you so much for being here with us on your best writing life. It was just a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I enjoyed it. Well, I did too. Our time went by really, really quick. I'd like to thank all of you, my friends, as well, for joining us. And please take a moment, if you would, to subscribe, rate, and review. Because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I do look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.